My name is Michael Scott. Welcome to my world and prepare to be awakened. I'm Jamie. I'm Jeff. Sean. And Chris. Welcome to episode five, everyone. Just a quick reminder, keep sending your comments, suggestions, and questions to the show. You can find our contact information on the About Us page. And while you're there, don't forget to vote in the poll and answer the question of the month. And also, if you have some free time, go over to Podcast Alley and vote for us. We'd really appreciate it. Even if you don't have free time, get over there and vote. Yeah, you got to vote for us because we got to climb that ladder. And if you're listening to us and you enjoy it, do us a favor. Just just jump over and vote. It it takes a couple seconds. Yes, please, please. (laughs) Not that we're begging or anything. No, you don't want to see him beg. (laughs) Sorceress countdown. Forty-eight. So just over a month to go. Guys, that's like just over a month. <laughs> um, yeah, that's I really think close. I just said that. <laughs> that's really close. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm kind of pumped for it. Wait, guys, we, no one sent in a response for my random quote from last. It must month. have just been all that difficult. It was so hard, no one could find it. Okay, so yeah, that or no one it you. was in a different book. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even give you the book. <laughs> so, okay, guys. Um, since no one sent one in, we'll – Which is we'll either because no one knew or no one listens to us. One or the other. you know. Um, <laughs> we, we hope it's not the latter. Um, I'm going to give the quote again and give you guys, the portal casters, a chance to answer it since, since none of the fans could or didn't. Um, right, so, I'll open my ebook. <laughs> no ebooks. Cheater. cheater. You're going cheater, down. Cheater, pumpkin eater. The quote is, time is something you do not have. Scatty said it to... He's so cheating. I'm really not. I'm really not. Scatty said it to someone. I just don't know who. Well, who's running out of time? Well, it's got to be Nicholas that she said it to. That makes the most logical sense. Yes. Um, Scatty said it in The Alchemist to, to Nicholas. Um, but there's several times where time is running out, as mentioned throughout the book. So I can see where, you know, it, it would be harder to find. It was in chapter 25 of The Alchemist. What, what were they in the Yggdrasil still? They were in chapter 25. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I would say around chapter 25 that they were probably in the Yggdrasil, if I had to guess. Moving on. Yes. Emails. They were a little sparse this month. I don't know if Spring Break got a hold of everybody or what, but um, but we did get one email, and I'm not entirely sure who it's from because they did not leave a name. So if you do send in emails, please include your name so that we can give you credit for your wonderful emails. And what was the uh, what was the address? I'm not going to give you the full address, but <laughs> nice try. Um, All right. It was Moss Triss. 
so I don't know if that's somebody's name or if it's an alias. Could be Tris Moss. Yes. The last name is Moss. So let's call her Tris. Tris. Trish. 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 Okay. So if you send me your name, I'll give you a shout out on the next podcast. They said in episode one, you said that you never see anything through Scatty's point of view. You got that wrong because there is a small part right before that battle in Hecate's Shadow Realm where she talks about her allergy to cats and birds. And I did go back and double check this, and there is a little bit where I believe it's Sean and Jeff are talking. Yeah. And don't he wasn't sure, but he didn't think that they saw things through Scatty's point of view. Right, and, and that, that's that's a bit of a, a, a kind of a, a one-off in, in a way, but I meant more. Right, yeah. I mean, Storyline, kind of. Yeah. yeah, she's just she. I went back and read this as well, uh, Jamie. This and found this part, and uh, yeah, it's not like she's going through her whole history. You know, it's you don't really small. learn anything other than the fact that she's allergic to cats. Yeah, I, I believe she's she's uh, watching the armies flood into into the Hecate shadow realm. And yeah, there was also something about about Bastet because the the cat allergy. Yeah, Jeez, when she was when the birds were attacking the car, I think. There's a few other places where you see kind of see through her eyes as it's happening, but you don't really get a whole yeah, lot. Yeah, it's more like a singular thought kind of thing. Whereas I I think I mean at least I meant more. For example, when you see Josh fighting the Nidhog, and then that they take off running, and then like the next scene is you see kind of Sophie's point of view of so you kind of like go back in time a few minutes and kind of catch right. back up again, but you're seeing the same thing happen through someone else's eyes, and you don't get that part from Scaddy's point of view. Well, you know, like when you when Fomel or Germain is you know, we're seeing through them, you see or hear uh, flashbacks into their past and. And events that happened, and you see, you know, you, you see it through their perspective as well. And you know, it, it didn't really give that much information. But you're you're correct. We I think we said something about not seeing much or not seeing anything from uh, from Sky's point of view. And there there are a few little tidbits, but but you're right, Jamie. They're few and far in between. Yep. Not so revealing. So thank you for what? pointing that out for us. We Sean and Jeff especially always need to be set straight. So if you ever Absolutely. catch them in mistakes. Go right ahead and point them out. We'd appreciate that. Yeah, that's the best thing for you to do is to send that stuff to Jamie because <laughs> it will definitely get said. It will end up on the podcast. If you <laughs> have anything to say about Jamie, don't send it directly to her because then it won't make it. <laughs> that is not true. I am an equal opportunity <laughs> hater. <laughs> I will embarrass everyone, including myself. Yeah, she so. hates on herself. So, moving on to our main topic of the day. Today we are talking about the devious Dr. John D. So, the listener poll. Why does D have that collection of creatures in Alcatraz? The overwhelming winner was the, uh, he's building an army. Of course he's building an army. No one thinks he's running a prison. Now, the funny thing about that is, I found a quote that said... D intended to return Alcatraz to its original uh, use as a prison. Well, he he's keeping them captive in in there, and yes. in, in the essence, it is a prison. But it's also a prison for a Robinop and for Paranel. Yes. But for those animals, yes, it's 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 more you know as as a holding container. That's what. But I'm that's what I was going to say. They it, it are depends. there to be used in the 
in the future. It depends on how much you want to believe D and what he says. Yeah, well, half truths. You know, I can't see him having Alcatraz and keeping all these dangerous for no creatures and everything for no other reason than to just to have them. I mean, so I mean, I a few nuts, there, there was at least. At least one person said he's just a zookeeper. He enjoys collecting animals. That was uh, me. <laughs> well, so now we know why you're arguing that point. <laughs> well, it was uh, percent of the vote, so yeah, I guess that is you know one out of three, one out of thirty people would. That was me. I was trying to be funny. It I apologize. Work. <laughs> uh, Chris, what do you think? I think that uh, he's definitely building an army. I think holding them, the quote Jamie picked up is a good one, but I think that's just a short-term short-term use and, and short-term plan. I think ultimately, you know, we have to remember that that may be what's going on for the moment, but right. he's, he's definitely got bigger, grander plans for That for also brings up the it. point, like, if these things are in prison, he captured them, and he's holding them prisoner, and he's trying to build an army – Mm-hmm. Why would they fight for him? Well, and remember too, some of them like the giant spider, and I can't pronounce that no matter how many times I try. So that's how it's going to be referred to for the moment: the giant spider oh, um, no. <laughs> um, was actually captive, right, held by the yes. stakes with the symbols. Yes. But the other creatures, while they, a lot of them, while they were on Alcatraz, they weren't. They weren't locked in the cells like the Sphinx is roaming the halls and, and doing his bidding. So it's not necessarily that they're actually his captives. I mean, that may be where he's got them for the moment, but, like, they weren't all locked up. Yeah, yeah, Paranel says that as she's going down the halls. <laughs> I think she was trying not to wake certain ones up that, that weren't closed in. But the thing about it is they don't need to be loyal to anyone. You know what I mean? If the elders are coming back to torture or kill or whatever the the humani, that's what these creatures are for. You know what I mean? They don't have to they don't have to serve someone to go and do their bidding. They're gonna go and do that anyway by the nature of, of what they are. I agree. So moving on to the question of the month. Who do you think is Dee's elder and why? So we did get a couple listener responses. Again, emails, little sparks. The, this is like the, the least amount of responses we've gotten, yeah. which is kind of surprising. I was, we thought I was this really one surprised. Would, I thought this one would have generated the most. Yeah, I mean, is this is um, this and is I know one, that, of one of one of the main characters of the book. I mean, you know, this is. I mean, he's the magician. You know, he's the title character. Um, I mean, I, I guess I it could be because there's a lot of discussion on the forum. Going on True. about it, so maybe they failed. They didn't want to repeat it, but feel free. Even if not forums, go ahead and email it to us. Because the emails are so little. I mean, if you want to hear your responses on the podcast, hey, send them in because we're not getting too many, so you'll probably get them on there. Or you can call in and leave them on the answering machine, which we have yet to have an answering machine call yet. So if you want to hear your voice on the podcast, call the answering someone, machine. Someone, someone, download Skype and call us. It's easy. It's free. If Jeff can do it, anybody can. If Jeff can do it, (laughs) (laughs) All right. Who's our first email from? It is from Karenna from Canada. I believe she has emailed us before. Just a quick, short email. She thinks that Dee's elder is probably Hades because he's really powerful. Well, true. 
but powerful in the sense of you know we see a lot of myth gods. Um, how do you how do you gauge the strength um, when when you're talking about a specific mythology? But as we're seeing, um, the the elders are stretch across several different mythologies. So um, yeah, I don't know. I don't I don't know if it's going to be something as simple as as Hades. I think it's going to be more more hidden than that. I think it's going to be somebody a little scarier. Hades is pretty scary, but I don't know. Dee's elder is supposed to be one creepy guy. He's bad. So, second email is from Connor J, and he's from Kamloops, British Columbia, Canada. And he said, I think Dee's elder is Sean. Evil. (laughs) Evil. (laughs) Nice, Connor. Thank you. Yes, I like your style. It I says, am a mythological god, people. Yeah. Don't you forget it. So you better get over to Podcast Alley and vote. <laughs> <laughs> or you will rain his wrath upon you. All right. He did say just kidding, but I, I do like your style. Because I made him. <laughs> <laughs> no, Sean, Sean made him send in that uh, that he thought he was Dee's elder. He's tricky like that. He said, I think it is Bastet, as far as I know, because Bastet is one of the original elders and has more power than the Morgan. Yeah, um, Bastet is a true elder, where the Morgan is a uh, second generation. I don't think Bastet is even near the kind of nasty that we're going to find Dee's elder is. I agree with that, but you know what was interesting? I saw that and I, I remembered something from the book that could be taken as evidence towards it. I mean, again, I, I don't, I have a different opinion, but if we remember, the Morgan is who tells Dee where Bastet sleeps, right? In The Alchemist. In The Magician, Dee says, when he mentions it, hang on, I wrote it down, um, in chapter four, He says, or from his point of view, it says that the crow goddess is the one who took him to the elder who granted him the immortality. It was deep in the basement. So if you link the two together, yeah, and being deep in the basement and the way that that uh, likes being down underground, you you could make an argument for, I I think you could make a logical argument that those are facts that would support that. Uh, That's true. I can see that. I can see that. Bastet already had somebody that served her. She did. doesn't mean you can't have more than one. It That's was true. Uh, does, okay. Five. She could be needy. Five points for anyone that can tell me who he is. His name. Senuhet. Senuhet. Good. Good job. Yeah. I. The only thing that I, I say about that is, to me, he seems more scared of the Morgan than Bastet. There's I agree with that. several times yes. where he says that the, the, the crow goddess truly frightened him. Mm-hmm. So, see, I think, well, it's also she, the the crow goddess, awakened him. No. I believe. She took him to the elder that awakened him. No, 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 I'm sorry. Formella. No, it says, it, it, I have the page up, actually. It says the, Mor- the Morgan was prepared to awaken Bastet. To attack Hecate's shadow realm. Oh, I'm so sorry. she actually uh, is. Was was you saying uh, awaken D or awaken Bastet from her slumber? No, no, no. I'm saying the the Morgan awakened D. Okay, no. He, here's the thing. This is what I see. 
uh, Flamel says that uh, three to four years training to awaken someone's powers, and how long was D with Flamel in Paris under his tutelage? Four years. Four years. So I feel he met the elders. Until he met the Morgan. Yes. And then the well, Morgan. and he did not That's know that too, the Morgan. Yes. He was already awakened right. th- from Flamel's training. He was okay. already awakened, so, and then. Do you think Flam- Flamel awakened? Yeah. Well, here's the thing. I, I don't think it's. I don't think it's the same kind of awakening process that Sophie yeah. went through. That Josh they went, went through, through like the immediate. Yes, it is a a slower, um, more grueling process where. Uh, senses are not awakened; they're they're heightened to the point of being awakened over time. So you know, it's clear to me that Flamel says three to four years, or or whatever the time frame he gives when he's talking to Josh? Sophie or Josh, both of them, I think, in the shadow in the Hecate shadow realm. Um, he's saying how he would normally do it. So and um, lived with him and Paranel in in Paris for, for four years. years. So, I think he said three to four days, not three to four no, it was years. No, no, it was years. It was years. Because he said something to Josh when they were in Ojai about it's the, the, taking to an elder to awaken him, that they would do it more slowly. It's, yeah, it's, it's definitely years. Well, I, I think, too, there's there's some – if you look at Chapter 20 of The Alchemist, which is where D meets Bastet, it seems fairly clear that D is – interacting with this particular elder for the first time. And so to me that would eliminate you know the the, the notion of him being the elder because he he explains how he would have guessed that Bastet would be a creature of basements and tunnels. You'd think that would be something he'd know about his own elder. Right. You know, um yeah. he gasps when he sees Bastet for the first time in shock. As to what he looks like, again, I don't think you'd have that if that was if that was his elder. So, so there are a handful of things, you know. Bastet asks him, "Why are you here?" Well, clearly his elder is involved in some of what's going on because because of the contact he would seemingly have based on what happens then in, in the magician with Dee's elder contacting Machiavelli's elder. So. I think you can put it together and and safely say that it's not. But again, right. I think that there are little tidbits that I could see why someone would have thought that that was an idea. Right now, do you think the Morgan or Bestet? I mean, obviously the Morgan knows who, but do the other elders know who his elder is? I don't know. And are they really are they keeping it a secret, or are they just having a reason to tell anybody? I don't know. I get the impression that they all kind of work together to a degree because yeah. D and Machiavelli both imply that when they serve their master, they serve the collective of elders as masters. They because both refer to them as our masters, we, as the collective of the elders. When, when when we last saw Perry, she had the Morrigan trapped. Mm-hmm. You know, um, she could very easily threaten some things out of her. You know, that could be a way to get information. I mean, the, the Morgan knows because she took D to see him. But it just seems weird that, I mean, when they took him to the, the lowest, you know, basements of, of the Bastille, you'd think someone else would know who was down there, like Flamel or Jermaine, somebody. 
right. would be aware of this really powerful elder in the basement of the steel. Well, the, there is the one sentence in The Magician where Machiavelli, when, when he's talking about the files he has on the immortals, it says, no one knew whom D served. I don't know. I mean, if, if that could just be Machiavelli's thought that no one knew. But the, the the exact sentence in the book says, no one knew whom D served. You know, right. what if – this kind of just a little kind of sort of popped into my head, but what if D doesn't serve anybody? Didn't Michael confirm that he does have have an elder that he serves? I'm not sure. I think he might have. I think I don't he know. did. Yeah. He may have danced floor. around it. Yeah, I think you're right. So, you know, because you know, with the whole – when Machiavelli's elder calls him up and says, you know, don't do anything till the magician gets here. And that's what sparks Machiavelli to be like, you know, my elder's pretty powerful, so if he's getting told what to do, it's got to be someone big. So it made me wonder if perhaps D killed his elder. So well, he'd have the permanent immortality, and that would well, also he, scare a few other elders. Who's he served, though? No one. Himself. <laughs> I think himself. he still serves an elder. Yeah, he definitely. I, I, with the, with the conversations, with the the phone calls and and everything, I, I think he definitely has an elder. And he still has that a little bit of not much because he's an arrogant guy, but he still has that little bit of fear that if I don't get, I don't get the twins and I don't get Flamel and I don't get the Codex, I'm gonna be in big trouble. You know, you get that every yeah. now and again where it's like I have to do this. Right. And he wouldn't be like that if he didn't have an elder. Michael on the forum note says that we will get a lot more information about these elder. Well, he says these elders in the next. Yeah, book. I think I, rem- I think I remember commenting on his on his post when he used the plural. I think yeah. it, right under his post, I I said you said elders, and I bold I bolded it, but he didn't respond after that. <laughs> yeah, and somebody else brought it up. Read it too. <laughs> tricky, tricky. <laughs> Somebody else brought up too because it he says not respond to my post. <laughs> uh, yeah, actually, yeah. Someone. The other thing is though, I don't know that. I mean, we, we kind of talked about this during the the last podcast as well. Well, I think it might have been the, the the Jermaine one where we were talking about. We don't really know the if you want to call it lore of how an elder grants immortality and how they can take it away if it's contracted if there's. Anything like that. So, can he even serve? As in, this person owns them because they can take away their immortality at any time. More than one person. Oh right, right. Because you only need to be granted immortality once. You don't need two people to do it. Right. Yeah. So, while well, he look may at the, look serve at the dark elders in general, there's probably an order of command, as it were. Unless yeah. you've got somebody that's got two entities within them or you're talking was, like a two-headed god to, i was getting ready to to say something about the the morgan because she has three second generation or you know her sisters inside of her so technically she's three people in one which which that actually kind of brings up you know if you want to go like you know ancient mythology and everything like that there's the whole chronos gaia thing that's is they're like the parents of all the gods, and he kept the gods inside of himself, and Athena broke out of his head. Right, and and actually, the so witch it, really dislikes Kronos. Mm-hmm. Sophie has a memory of where she's uh, remembering 
the witch and Kronos, you know, going through the time and grabbing the warriors and all that. And she says, uh, when she, when Sophie's thinking of him through the witch's memory, she says something like deplorable or a, re- yeah, a, a negative tone about Kronos. Kronos is a is a quote unquote, you know, the 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 head of the the Titans. And then there was the war between the the Titans and the, the gods, and the gods won the war. Repulsive. That's why Zeus uses. is the. That's why Zeus is the king, and she uses the word repulsive. The witcher woman Endor had worked with the repulsive elder Kronos, who could move through time itself. So you mean would it, or is that is that too red herring? Is that too obvious? For D's elder? Yeah. Oh yeah, no, I don't think it's Kronos. No, I think, and there's lots of there's lots of gods from different mythologies that have, you know, multiple heads or well, see, two entities within well, one body. But or the thing is, it's Siamese to, twins or whatever. It seems to be showing that these people are that same god. There aren't actually multiple people like Mars was several different gods. No, I definitely get that sense because you got. He refers sometimes he refers to them as his masters, and sometimes it's just master. So sometimes it's plural and sometimes it's not. Because once that was brought up, I kind of started paying closer attention to that. that and yeah. there there are definitely instances where it's plural and other instances where it's not. And I haven't quite pegged why it's that way. When See, it, I, what if it I, is. I took that to be the difference between remember there's a group of dark elders working together. Mm-hmm. To bring about this change because they want things to go back to the way they were. And so I've always made the distinction that when he's talking about his masters, plural, elders, plural, he's talking about that group that he's working for with his. And when he talks about his master in in the singular, he's talking about the elder that made him immortal. And and so yeah. who must be working for or pulling the strings for the entire group or or whatever, but that there's I, I've always just drawn that distinction. So what if, whenever uh, I read it, I, I don't think we could go wrong in looking into gods from different mythologies, uh, gods that are twins or have multiple personalities or. Something that signifies that there are two entities there. Has anyone has anyone thought about the uh, the original twins of legend? I've thought a little bit about it, but it could be so many different things. I no, have. No, 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 I was no, no, reading no. about I them mean, today. I mean, as I mean, as I mean, as um, as D's elders. Dark Elder as his his specific elders. We don't we don't. It doesn't say anywhere that they died at the fall of Daniel Tulls. Yeah, it's I'm not. They fought. They fought. I'm not sure. You know what? There's an interesting. Um, and I, of course, I left the book downstairs. But there's an interesting Mayan myth about a set of twins mm-hmm. tricking the um, what they call Lord of Death, who is an evil evil character in mm-hmm. Mayan mythology, by the way, and is one of the two names I have in my head as possibly being Dee's Elder, but... Wait, you know, a, share? No. Okay. <laughs> yes, I'll share. Well, then, I, but that wasn't the point. I was going to keep right. that for you, a moment. You, you, you keep it to yourself. And then because that'll... So. That, that'll that'll get me off on a whole other tangent. I was going to talk this story first, and then come back to that. Um... Which is what I'm going to do. Um, there's okay. this 
story about these twins essentially tricking a handful of gods into killing themselves. You know, I mean, the Mayan religion was was so um, ha- so much relied on sacrifices and this really odd story that involved a game that's sort of like baseball when when I read the the myth reminds me of baseball and them playing with bats and balls and all kinds of stuff but but the long and yeah, short of it is baseball. they <laughs> <laughs> or cricket you know, something How, something like the short that, of that is that the, you know these twins save the world by tricking tricking the the lord of death into committing you know sacrifice on himself the only thing is is those twins are both are are brothers they're they're both male twins and so okay. i don't i was, met, was, uh, well, never said yeah never they never said, said it was male and female the ones yeah, that no. brought down Anutalis. okay no, that was it i meant to check and i didn't i didn't have time to check before yeah it just says it just it. says the twins fought or was sun and moon fought it never said that it was uh, male and female, male and female. Yeah, i kind of but, thought it could be Mars' son. Yeah, I thought about that, too. But, but think about it. The only other two prevalent twins in the story are those two. Or, and they were elders, obviously, because they were, you know, in Danatolis. Not, and necessarily. They basically, um, not necessarily. Not necessarily. Because, because da, I mean, Danatolis is what we know as Atlantis, which means... Humani existed while Donatalis existed. Yeah, they were they were sl- their so slaves. they weren't necessarily elders. They were their slaves, and I don't think that the elders then would have given uh, to Humani that kind of power to. I, if they were the twins you, of legend, and not yeah. all the elders were dark elders. No, nope. um, you, you could possibly be right. I, I don't. I, I think that they're elders. Um, I, they very well could be. I don't. I don't think that they're humani uh, because because I'm pinning them for these elders, so and I have to believe they're elders. But it's um, also could it be the? I don't know if this makes sense. Like, if they was okay, say they were elders and they were twins, and then when the fall of Danutalis happened, they merged into one being in the similar way as as the Morrigan is. Uh, so be. now they're they're twins, but they're one being. Could be. Exist in legend. Does it say where one of them died or the other died or no. they both were destroyed? I no. don't remember. No, I, I've been through it a couple times. It just says Dagon says something about he was there when the original twins fought on the mountain and flooded the yes. island and all that. Yeah, it never says that they die. So that's what kind of piqued my interest when going through it. Uh, when I was – because I was immediately when when, when – uh, Michael put that in forum with the plural of elders. Um, I immediately started looking for twin or or multiple person deities, and uh, you, there's not a whole lot that seemed feasible from from like Norse or or yeah. Celtic mythology. But that really stood out to me. So I, I can be completely off base. Who knows? Well, what I think we should do is we should each announce in order here you know we'll go through and each each one of us should say who our choice top pick is for diesel <laughs> you know we all have one i actually do not i've oh, i've been completely foiled do not do not take the easy way out so you no i i have actually seriously been thinking about this and everything that i've looked into has not panned out as a feasible option for in my mind 
Okay. Well, well I'll tell you what. Throw something pick, out there then. Pick somebody and then we'll let you change it. <laughs> but not after it's announced who it is. <laughs> <laughs> Man, foiled again. Okay, I'll go first. I, I, I'm, I'm picking the uh, the original twins from Daniel Fellows. Alright, I, I am picking. I'm going to go with Gaia. Okay, explain, explain Gaia to us for those who don't know. Okay, um, well, along with Kronos, Gaia was, I guess you could say, wife of, of Kronos. And when she was had children, Kronos didn't want the children because there was he knew that they were going to revolt. So he kind of stuffed them back into her womb. This isn't a lovely story. <laughs> she got them out, and he took them into himself and then they broke out of him and then there were all these titans and there was a lot of inbreeding going on and then eventually they became the gods as in Zeus and all them guys and then those gods revolted against them on Gaia's orders. Okay. So Gaia kind of got the the second generation titans as it were okay. to revolt against Kronos. And what mythology is this? Uh, Greek slash Roman. I'm not sure what their names are in Roman, but they all match. Okay. Okay. But I, I would say mainly Greek. Okay. Um, and only as I say the whole, you know, we know Machiavelli's elder had the the Greek ancient Greek language. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of why I'm sticking with the the Greek side of things. And like I was saying before, Kronos just seems way too obvious. Yeah. So it's got you know the whole red herring. And all that. So, but I'm gonna go a little next to him and say Gaia because she seems in in the legend she was kind of in control of the gods. So, okay, Chris. I'm not exactly sure how it's pronounced. Um, I believe it's Ahpuk, A H P U C H. Excuse It is the Mayan god of death. He was a horrible, horrible god. He ruled the ninth level of hell as far as the Mayans were <laughs> wow. concerned. That's pretty high up there. He was always depicted as a skeleton or a corpse with the head of an owl. He was feared more than any other god. Um, in, he was in Mayan, in Mayan yeah, history. He was associated with disaster and disease and all of that good stuff. He thrived on human sacrifice and, you know, just he's one of the few gods that I could think of as being sort of evil enough to, mm-hmm. to maybe be it. I do have one other idea, but I am going to keep it to myself. Okay. Uh, I got so. a comment there. Um, mm-hmm. The Mayans, they were, you know, uh, they are known for their advanced technology-wise civilization. Mm-hmm. Are are there any um, myths or anything about them being people from Atlantis or people of Atlantis? I don't know. I just thought of this and thought I'd, I'd ask to see if anybody knew. Not not that I recall from what I okay. studied of of their. Well, according to Indiana Jones, it was aliens. Oh, spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> ah, you ruined sorry. it for everybody. I'm sorry for those. Uh, terrible. Don't see it. <laughs> Too late. Um, but remember, yeah, I mean, the they crystal skulls and and everything. 
they they do they do link themselves though very close to a lot of the other cultures with the temples, right? right. Because they had pyramids, um, they the used hieroglyphs. That yeah. Um, and those are flat on top, by the way. Yes, most of them are. Most, in fact, most of them have temples near the top levels. Right, but the stair step ones, you know, you usually see you're not a point, and that that's very specifically mentioned uh, on Daniel Tallis is that it was a flat top pyramid. It didn't say it had smooth sides. It just said it had a flat top. Yeah. So anyway, sorry about that. <laughs> so, um, you know, that we get the I. I don't know, but I, I get the sense that, or I think I remember seeing a, a Michael confirming also that we are going to see some Mesoamerican mythology in the upcoming books. So yeah, I think he did. I think he did mention something something about yeah. looking for that. I was also yeah. just doing a quick little little search, and there's uh, an Aztec god of death, which is depicted as a skeleton, which with a oddly shaped bird head and. I mean, I know the Aztec and Mayan, Inca, they're all kind right. of very, very Cl- similar closely. to each other. Yeah, yeah. Yes. I'm not going to try to pronounce the Aztec one. Oh, come on. Mixtlantically. <laughs> Three vowels, and it's about 14 letters long. Wow. So. I, uh, um, I will say the one other thing is that the, the god, um, the Mayan god is also known as literally what is called God A. A, a number of the Mayan gods have been identified over time literally just as God A, God B, God C, whatever. Um, it's relatively recent that, that he's gotten this particular name associated with him. So some of the literature on him, the the research on him, is hard to find. God, I'm just going to admit how old I am, but when I was in college and did my senior thesis on Mayan history, the books, the, the Mayan research didn't have a name associated with him yet. It was, they were still all just listed by their, you know, by God A. So he's not, that particular name's not even in any of the, the research books I have. So if folks are looking and having trouble finding information on him, that that's, that's probably part of why that would be. All right, Jamie. So it's, uh, it's down to you. You've had yes. time to think. Yes, this was one of the ones I was looking at, and I kind of discarded maybe as D's Elder, but it, it is an interesting one, and I'm I'm not 100% sure why I discarded him, maybe because he wasn't nasty enough, but um, I'm not sure how to pronounce it. It's either Janus or Janus or J-A-N-U-S. He is a Roman god of gates, doorways, beginnings, and endings, and what is interesting about him is... He is always depicted as a pair of heads facing away from each other. So the backs of the heads are kind of fused. Right. And it says Janus and Janna are a pair of deities or divinities worshipped as the sun and the moon, whence they were regarded as the highest gods and received their sacrifices before all the others. So they're pretty high up there. And... Sun moon reference is interesting, but do you say Roman? Yes, he's Roman God. Janus is Greek. What's that? He's a Roman God. I think he's oh. Greek. No, I don't think. I don't know. The information I'm looking at says he's from Roman mythology and he doesn't have a Greek counterpart. What was it again? Oh, Janus. Janus. 
J-A-N-U-S. I was just seeing something where it's... Uh, I don't know. You know the internet. Yeah, it could be anything. <laughs> yeah. Um, is that... Is it... It's a guy? It's a, it's a male? Uh, I do... Or a male-female combination? Are they both males? Um, they yeah. Both same body, different yep. head? Yeah, it's like two heads, and it's like the backs of them are kind of mashed together. There's a picture online okay. that we maybe I can post later, but he is also linked to... Hermes, which a lot of gods are, but Hermes right, is kind of interesting. Yes. I'm not going to um, steal Jeff's thunder, though. No, I won't let you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just playing. Hey, um, I did find, you know, earlier we were talking about the uh, awakening process. Um, I did find it. I want to throw it in so, so everybody knows. Here, here's a little excerpt from The Alchemist. It says, Flamel nodded. If I had the time, I would take them to be properly trained gradually awaken their dormant powers but events have conspired against me and time is that one precious commodity i do not have yada 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 he says uh, hecate glanced oh i skipped the part you you can do something in an instant that it would normally take years to do hecate glanced over her shoulder at the alchemist and there are good reasons why it should take many years that is discussing the awakening process and I did find that quote I was talking about. There is a quote when Dee is talking to Josh in Ojai, and he says, The elders I work with take three days to bring someone through the awakening ceremony. So somebody's uh, not telling the truth. Well, no, 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 no. Actually, they're, they're com- two completely different things. Flamel awakening someone's power may take years because he's not an elder, and he doesn't True. have the powers to do that. The witch could have done it over days. But they didn't have days. Or I'm sorry, Hecate, Hecate could have done it over days. Well, but see, because he- yeah, Hecate gave her all her senses awakened at once. Yes. A few now, days is probably day one you get your hearing, day two you'll get your touch, uh, three you'll get your. Honestly, I think he's full. Yeah. I think he's trying. To, he he knows that it, it upset Josh, and he wants him to paint this pretty picture of. He wants to paint the pretty picture in Josh's head of the elders like we do it like this, and it will be much more. Yeah, I think it's. I think he's completely blown smoke. No, I agree. We, we've been told you can only believe about half of what D says, and the other half is half truth. So. And females will. <laughs> yes. Back so. to Hermes. Yes, back to um, Hermes. This is going to tie into something that Michael uh, posted in the forum about us having a look at Enoch Enterprises, which is the company that D owns. In San Francisco, that is also where Paranel is held the first time. The first place she's taken to is, is Enoch Enterprises. And um, Enoch, depending on how you search for Enoch, there is an Enoch the Prophet. And this is who I think – I don't think this is Dee's elder. Um, I, I'm not sure what the tie-in is going to be there. But here's a little a little bit of uh, of stuff that I found on uh, on Enoch the prophet. Uh, it says the same soul who was Enoch the prophet was also Thoth, T H O T H, Hermes, Metatron, among others who allegedly wrote Megatron. books. <laughs> Met Meta Metatron. This is not Transformers. <laughs> Oh, excited. Um, <laughs> who allegedly wrote books about the sacred knowledge of creation. 
These creational stories are based on patterns of geometry that repeat in cycles through the concept of time. Now, there's there's a whole lot about about Enoch in this page that I found. Um, also, the ancient Greeks declare that Enoch is the same as Mercury slash Hermes writing the Emerald Tablets of Thoth. And that is the Emerald Tablets are kind of important as well. They've got several tie-ins to to uh, Egyptian beliefs, and there's different tablets inside, like you know, like Tablet One, Tablet Two, Tablet Three, and each of them have been. You you can search and you can see that they've been um, uh, deciphered over I don't know millennia. <laughs> it depends on how these are, but the key to it is is they speak in great detail of the great Atlantis in the Emerald Tablets. So, how that ties into Dee's elder, haven't the foggiest. I mean, I suppose his elder <laughs> could be Hermes, but Hermes is like low-level messenger, isn't he? He's kind of a wuss. Yeah, yeah. well... He's got I wings, would, I, I mean... The, I don't I, say he's a wuss, but... I mean, he's, he's like the patron of shepherds or something, too, or... I don't think that he, he that ultimately Enoch, is the messenger of the gods, though, which would be someone who he has a lot of influence. You know, relatively... Doesn't have a lot of power. Yeah, he takes orders and delivers orders. Maybe he reports directly this to these elders. This, this is a direct quote from the book where D says, "My elder is all powerful," and Machiavelli says, "Well, your elder must be something." Uh, powerful to for you not to be afraid of the the elder hell, which he said basically frightens Machiavelli. Machiavelli says frightens him to death. So, these elder is all powerful. He you know he may be blowing smoke there too, but I mean if it was if it was enough to frighten or not frighten, but if it was enough to get Machiavelli's elder to call him personally and say wait for the, wait for D, do not do anything without him. Correct. I mean, it's got to Hermes. Unless Hermes is, I guess, being the messenger of the gods, he's be privy to a lot of information. You know, he could be playing the playing the game to kind of get himself a little higher. That's why I said maybe Hermes is his personal messenger. Who knows? It's it's completely possible. You can you can uh, Wikipedia search uh, Emerald Tablet and uh, lots of information there. But make sure you're you're looking also for Enoch in there as well because there's a lot of stuff with Hermes and, and other things. Um, also, one uh, Newton Isaac Newton translated the Emerald Tablet as well and found among uh, this is this is directly from Wikipedia. It says uh, one one translation by Isaac Newton found among its alchemical papers. There's there's several things in there about the sun is the father, the moon is the mother. Highlighting things as I'm going across through here, but um, about processes and things like that. So things being converted and and purified. So it sounds like there was a lot of uh, alchemy involved in those tablets as well, or alchemical knowledge. I yeah. would try to say. So I mean, it. I mean, could Thoth be his elder? I don't think so. I think there's a link there somewhere, but I don't. Because it means. 
obviously Thoth wrote all that stuff, so he's got all the knowledge. Well, I mean, yes, but I don't think that that Michael would have gave that, that directive a hint. There's a there's a link there to something else, and I say it's probably very vague if he gave it up on the on the forums like that to something as big as the mystery of Dee's Elder. I just brought up Hermes' Wikipedia page, and something kind of jumped out at me. Did it hit um, you in the face? Sort of. Because <laughs> if it did, that I, was I, me. I, I, I ducked in time. But, <laughs> I mean, well, for one thing, Hermes is the youngest is the youngest of the Olympian gods, which are the Greek gods on Mount Olympus. Well, he's the youngest of Zeus and Maya's... Maya, not Gaia, there's a difference. Maya was before Hera. Anyway, I won't get into it. <laughs> now, th- th- this is what jumped out at me, though, because you know how Wikipedia highlights all their links? Well, Hermes, as an inventor of fire, is a parallel of the Titan Prometheus. Hmm. In addition to the Syrinx and the Lyre, Lear, Hermes was believed to have invented many types of racing and the sport of wrestling and therefore was a patron of athletes, which is odd to have that in the same paragraph as, as an inventor of fire. He's also a trickster. He was an escort for the dead. He was a jack-of-all-trades. He could enter and leave the underworld without hindrance. Yeah, but I think that that plays into his message sending. Well, yes, I mean, that's why he was allowed to. Right. Um, Not because he was I mean, all-powerful to be able to do that. It was a job perk. Yeah. So, I mean, I just thought the whole as an inventor of fire thing kind of jumped out at me a it's, little bit. It's, it's interesting, sure. It might not be important at all, but it just... <laughs> I, I think that we won't discover the link the link between Enoch Enterprises, Enoch the Prophet, and Dee's Elder until we find out who Dee's Elder is. I, I think when we get the next book, we're going to have a little bit more information because I did a lot of digging trying to find just even little hints of information that link for Enoch Enterprises, for Dee's Elder, and there's there's a little bit there, but I don't think, unless you're really, really good at this whole research thing, I don't think we're going to figure it out at this point. No, I don't think so. Unless you also have that vast knowledge of... I mean, I'm just, I'm really expecting... I mean, when you think of ancient gods, I think the first thing that really pops into my... I mean, my head anyway, and would be the, the Greek, Roman, mostly Greek. Egyptian in, in, in some respects, but Greek really stands out in my head. So, I mean, that's kind of just... That's why I'm expecting it to come from that side of the religion, as it were. Okay. But if you were Egyptian, or if you were from South America, you'd probably immediately jump to the other areas, but... Are you Greek? <laughs> no. Yeah. Okay. No, I'm I'm Celtic, and I don't even jump to Celtic myths. <laughs> no, Greek. Yeah, it, it, it but seems. But it was also, uh, I mean, when, when I was that... when I was a kid, I was big into the whole Greek myth kind of general knowledge stuff. Nothing more than that, but you know, seen all the movies, read most of the books. Freak. But, but that's <laughs> fiction. Ouch. Yeah. Tell us what you really think. <laughs> I was watching Transformers. And he was he was checking up Greek mythology. <laughs> I'm just messing. With 
fuck Transformers and, and Thundercats and <laughs> all that. Jazz. Moving on. So I think we've about killed the D's Elder topic, but uh, let's well, move on. We can just kill D's Elder. How about that? Well, <laughs> along nicely. I know you think you're powerful enough too, but uh, I, I think he'd give you a run for your money I, and then some. He's kind of- so let's move on to a little bit from the conversation in Ojai. We've been told that this conversation that goes on by the fountain between Dee and Josh is an important conversation. So let's take a little look at it, break it down, see if we can figure out what Dee is lying about, what he's telling the truth about. I don't know, with him it's so hard to tell. Um, well, let's... Uh, it- is is there any specific part you wanna you wanna go over? Like you want wanna read part of it or um, well to go through what we're talking about? Let's see. Well, there's quite a bit about how Dee says that Flamel is a liar and a charlatan and he lists off a whole lot of things, which is kind of interesting because Flamel says some similar things about Dee when he's talking to Josh. And they're true. On both accounts. <laughs> yes. And I was kind of noticing between, there's two very similar conversations, one between D and Josh and the other between Flamel and Josh. And there's a lot of similarities, actually, between D and Flamel. There's a very fine line between the, the good and the evil. I mean, well, well I don't think it's such a fine line. I think it's more, they both seem to say the exact same thing about the other one. Mm-hmm. Only it's really just a who do you believe, and b it's their ultimate goal. We know Flamel is trying to keep the Dark Elders from coming back. D is trying to help the Dark Elders to come back. They both have their reasons, but they both. So I mean, as far as ultimate good and evil is concerned, I mean, it all depends on who you're rooting for. If you're a Dark Elder, D's the good guy. Well, yeah, I mean, it's all about. But it's it's like. Flamel tells Josh that D caused the fire in London. D tells Josh that Flamel caused the fire in London. It's kind Flamel, of a he said, Flamel, she said. Flamel told Josh that D tells half half the time he's lying, the other half he's telling half truths. D tells Josh that half the time Flamel's lying, and half the time Flamel's telling half truths. So it's really all in who you want to believe, I suppose, because they, it's it is it's basically the exact same conversation only swap out D's and Flamel's names. And it's the same story and accusation. Well, I, I kind of feel more like the conversation with D is D all about defending himself and and um, putting down Flamel as, as much and often as possible, whereas Flamel doesn't doesn't raise himself up on this on this pedestal. You know, he agrees to everything that Josh says that he is. He's like, that's true. Um, so I, I get the, I got the sense out of the two different, of, of the two conversations that D was more accusing in his and Flamel was more not defending, but I don't know what, what kind of word I'm, I'm, I'm looking to describe it, but you know, he agrees with, with most of everything that, that D says about him and he has an explanation for why. And it Whereas, was also D was, Trying to bend Josh to his will, whereas Flamel oh, yeah. was not. Yes. Flamel was just telling him. 
Exactly. He he wasn't trying to trick him. We know for 100% fact that D was tricking Josh because he did the little thing in the fountain with the images and hypnotized him. And he says, you know, look at the pretty images, you know, uh, kind of almost child, you know, act, treat, yeah. treat, treat him like a child, you know, whereas Flamel treats him more as uh, an adult or a an equal or even more than that. And right before he hypnotizes him, he gives him a little insight, and you can take this with a grain of salt, but he starts talking about how if his elders come back to power, the world will be a, parad- a paradise, and there will be no disease, and no, you know, everything will be happy, and the deserts will turn into, you know, grassy green areas. and Which is all true. It, yeah, it's true, but who's well, it going to be from, a paradise from whose, for? <laughs> from whose perspective is it a paradise? Yeah. For D, maybe, because he thinks he's going to be ruling the world, but, you know. Here, here's a quote that I found that ties into that. It's a comment that D specifically makes, and he says, If everything went as planned, then he would soon be the ruler of the entire planet. Now, if he is the ruler of the planet, why are the Dark Elders you know, coming back, want to come back into this, into this uh, realm, into this Earth? This Earth room, if he's going to be the one that's that's leading it, that's the ruler of the planet. Maybe you know? he needs the planet to fall to a point where he can take control over it. He's he's got different plans. He he is. I don't think he has any plans. He he has plans to bring the the Dark Elders back, but he has no plans to take a side seat to them and to serve them for the rest of eternity. Under their their rule, I, I think that he is making uh, preparations for his takeover, if you will. Jeff, wh- which book is that quote from? That's from is the magician. From the magician. Do you yeah. know what chapter? I uh, did not write that down. I believe he is in the plane on the way to Paris. Okay, no, um, only because I have I have some. I have that same scene up, and I just didn't see that particular quote because I think there's two or three sentence, additional sentences that are informative. Okay. He says, um, D well, concentrated I, 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 on the elders and the many benefits they'd bring to the planet. In the distant past, he knew the elders had created a paradise on Earth. He talks about the books, blah, blah, blah. His master had promised him that the elders would use their powerful magic to return the planet to that paradise. They'd reverse the effects of global warming. And then he goes on to say, D thought he would found his capital city in Antarctica on the shores of Lake Vanda. The elders could reestablish their ancient kingdoms in Sumer, Egypt, Central America, and Angkor. With the knowledge contained in the Book of Abraham, it would be possible to raise Danutalis again. Of course, he knew that the human population would become slaves, and some would become food for those elders who still needed to eat. But that was a small price to pay for for the many other benefits. Yeah, he may be ruling a portion or whatever, but he is making, by saying that the elders would reestablish their kingdoms, he is leaving room for them to to have whatever power and whatever kingdoms they're going to have, too. Let me read you the full paragraph from that I took the quote from. It says, he closed his eyes as the plane rose and his stomach twitched. He automatically reached for the paper bag in the seat beside him. He loved flying, but his stomach always protested. 
If everything went as planned, then he would soon be the ruler of the entire planet, and he'd never need to fly again. You know what? That's two paragraphs before what I – or skip the next paragraph. The, uh-huh. the following one where it says D was looking forward, that's the one I right. read. So they're seemingly a little bit contradictory and yeah. yet so close together. Well, I think that he may have actually two plans if everything goes to his plan – He'll be the ruler entire of the, the entire world, but mm-hmm. if he doesn't succeed in his plan, then of course you know he'll go along with the dark elders as they come back. Mm-hmm. I, I think he's making preparations for himself oh. to be the number one yeah. person or whatever. I think that's a possibility. I mean, because there are times where he talks about how he feels rushed, like he's being rushed into you know getting the codex and how he had wanted to wait, but his elders had made him go ahead and yes so i think that having two plans would kind of lead into that feeling well maybe i don't have enough time to see out this plan so if i don't i need my plan b yeah because he's basically working on his elders time and not his own and that's a that's a very good uh example of that i I believe that's um the alchemist when he is talking about the failed attempt to get the uh, the code, all of the codex mm-hmm. from from uh, you know the very first chapter when they when they attack, he wanted to wait a couple more days or three days for planning or something or observation three days for planning observation, which is a little interesting because it has been implied that his greatest weakness is that he is arrogant and exceedingly so. Yeah, but which, arrogance doesn't mean he's going to rush into doing something. That's true. It, the, but it does make him um, overconfident. Overconfident, extremely overconfident. And Paranel says it several times that that's his uh, one of his very large faults is his uh, his overconfidence. But he still knows enough to plan. He's not just going to go rush into something. No, no. I think he's a very patient person. Of course, you know that you you get an idea of the way. Of the process of things go by him saying, you know, it takes centuries for elders to plan to do something, and now they're moving in in hours and days. And uh, I, I think he feels uneasy about that because he's used to working at that at that pace of of of, of a snail to us. But you know, a you know, hundred years to an, an immortal human is you know a third or a fourth of their life. But to an elder, that's like a week to us. Yeah. Yes, I mean, he's he's going to be methodical, and he's going to think about how he's going to do it. But once he has his plan set in his head, he's very confident that it will succeed. He doesn't. He never doubts the plan, but he still needs to come up with the plan. Right. He's not dumb enough to just rush into something. Did you guys know that... Um D actually lived in uh, in Ojai. Yes, I did find that. Yeah, he, You're he talking lived in the real D. No, no it says no, in the, the book. book. The book D. The turn. Uh, he lived in Ojai at the turn of the uh, 20th century, and it was called. It was not Ojai then. It was called uh, Nordhof, mm-hmm. um, which I found interesting because you know later, obviously, the witch goes there and. I think he goes there in research of of the ley lines because of the, the, the vast amount of intersecting ley lines there. Do you know what else he was doing there? 
there's a little clip in, uh, from the book. Yeah, it's it, it, he's uh, he finds the graves and and things like that. Not just finding, he is there to plunder for artifacts from the Native Americans that uh, live yeah. there. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I did a little research because I was a little curious just to see what that particular group of Native Americans was known for. I didn't find a whole lot. Um, they did have some interesting rock paintings that had a lot of like sun imagery and things like that. But they were which tribe was it? Uh, it's the Humash, I think. C H U M A S H. But they are known for making baskets. And <laughs> yeah, I mean, it it wasn't anything. Where are you <laughs> Yeah, there wasn't anything super big. Um, they were good at navigating the ocean. They were mostly hunters and gatherers. The only one small interesting thing that I found is there is an iron gate that blocks the entrance to a cave with paintings in it. So iron, maybe iron they're trying gate. to keep someone out, yeah, some particular elders. I don't know. Possibility. Um, or keep someone in. Or keep someone in. Yes, that is possible too. So. I found that interesting. Yeah, that is. Uh, Have you guys noticed there's a new member on our forums that says he's from Ohio? Oh, really? No, yes. I see that. I saw that. That was pretty cool. For Chris, was it? No, I can't. I apologize. I'm going to have to figure out what this person's name is. I remember. I remember noticing it in the um, introduce yourself kind of thread. Cool. So maybe if they're listening, they can tell us a little bit about the area. Um, yeah, because I found I found this cave is kind of a tourist attraction in the area. That's oh, it was it was it. Dylan uh, D D Lawn D L A W N says he's from Ojai down here in sunny California. Cool. That's pretty much all he says about it. He doesn't say anything else about it. But feel free to let us know if you know anything about that cave. If you're listening, yeah. or any any other artifacts that are important to the area. There there was a couple. An interesting, kind of interesting thing I come across in in the research uh, about Guy's predecessor. Now, it specifically says his predecessor. So, are we to believe that it's his his dark his specific dark elders' old servant, or is it like the job he's doing for the collective dark elders? the person who used to do that, and why are they now no longer around? He actually he actually says Bacon is his predecessor. There's a couple possibilities for that. There's a Francis Bacon who's commonly confused uh, with D a lot, and then there's a Roger Bacon who – who I think is more possibility because of the time he he lived. He lived from uh, 1214 to 1294. I read that part as it was his predecessor, as in the person that served his elder before, and he did something that made the elder take back the gift. Right. I don't know. I guess it's open to interpretation. Uh, I'm sure it is. What were the two but, people's names again? My, my Skype went a little weird for a second. Uh, Francis Bacon. Okay. And he, I don't believe it would be him because, well, him and him and D kind of lived at the same time. And there's, I, I found some some actual things where they are uh, commonly mistaken as the same person. Okay. 
I, I caught that bit. I just didn't get the name. I heard the Roger Bacon, but yeah. That. Well, and Mike, so, Michael confirmed that the mention was Roger Bacon. Oh, did he? Yes, he did in the forum. Okay, I did not see that. So thank you. Yeah, Chris. there's a Sir Francis Bacon has a lot of other interesting thoughts about him, as in you know he was the real Shakespeare. And yes. All sorts of stuff, but. Yes. There's actually it was one of the few posts that I that I made that Michael replied to because I I noted that Ro, I said Roger Bacon might be an interesting character and I sort of explained why and his response was and can I remind you that Bacon is specifically mentioned in the Magician, Michael. So, uh, he, well he maybe he says, just likes yeah. Bacon. Yeah, there we go, <laughs> Bacon and eggs. <laughs> he brings home the bacon. So at least we know which bacon the, the we're talking about. <laughs> Apparently, Roger Bacon didn't bring home the bacon. Because <laughs> they cast him aside. That's yes. right. <laughs> so hopefully, we find out maybe a little bit more about about Mister Bacon, and can find out what exactly he did to uh, to get his immortality revoked. Or you know maybe he didn't. Maybe they let him. Maybe they let him off the hook. Maybe they just. Uh, no, I don't think so. I think they killed him. <laughs> yeah. I don't think he's still around. Um, could be. Possibly be. All right. That's all I've got on Dr. John D. Yeah, I think we've about covered it pretty well. Uh, we, we what do you guys did, think of his goatee? <laughs> it says there was. there's actually a quote in there about him saying that his goatee concealed his mouth and chin. That's 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 one heck of a goatee. <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't picture it as being that. I was picturing kind of pointy and yeah, sinister. I don't think of when I when I look at when I, I think of him in my head. I don't think of him having the top part of it. Just just the bottom, the bottom part. See, I, I I picture the mustache part, but I just picture it more thin and pointy, not <laughs> like a big bushy goatee. Handlebar <laughs> mustache. See, I like the James Bond reference better than the the thoughts about what he looks like. I think just 007's cool. <laughs> yes, that is pretty. I think that was that's a really cool little detail to bring that in. Is. That so. is. And did you notice? <laughs> did you notice that who the uh, the auctioneer was at the auction that that Machiavelli was at? He I, was an actor. I don't who, remember. Who played James Bond on television? It specifically says that. Oh. Oh. <laughs> find I don't it. remember that. Which um, let's see. I think I do remember chapter. that. Very first chapter. Yeah, very first chapter. I'm looking now. Where is it? Gotta be like in the first couple paragraphs. It's very early. Paragraphs. Charity. Well, it's interesting. The what second sentence or third sentence of the book says a digital display behind this celebrity auctioneer and actor who'd played James Bond yeah, on that's, screen. that's it. Yeah, the it auctioneer. doesn't say who. It doesn't say who. No, no, it doesn't say who, but it says he played James Bond. Oh, yeah. It's no, I, I thought you were saying it said I, – I thought you were telling me it it, it named him and, and – No, no, no. I didn't remember I'm, I'm that. I'm it's, yeah. uh, it's, uh, it's funny that uh, D, you know, was the inspiration for, for James Bond. It says it in the book that he's in for inspiration for James Bond, and the, the, the actor that plays James Bond is actually the auctioneer at the charity auction. Yeah, that, that, is, that is really cool. A cool. little connection. Um, a little bit of mockery. I thought it was funny that um, that little tie-in that Michael made with uh, with James Bond with the auctioneer. So, anyway. Let's go to Jeff's random quote of the day. Okay, everybody, if you're ready for the the random quote, I'll make it an easier one 
so uh, so you guys can send your emails in. This, my name is Josh. My name is Josh. <laughs> Who said this? <laughs> right. I don't even think he ever says that. <laughs> he probably doesn't. <laughs> Newman. Josh Newman. <laughs> um, okay. Here it is. You have no idea what I can do to you. That is the quote. Uh, please, please, somebody find that quote and send it in. <laughs> because if we if we have another month that that we don't get a reply in, we'll cut and go go find something else. If you guys aren't aren't uh, enjoying that piece, so if you guys want the random quote to stay, uh, try to find that one. It's pretty simple. I think it's pretty easy. Uh, who of the uh, the casters here knows it? I think I do. Okay. So oh, I wasn't listening. <laughs> uh, so anyway, uh, it's pretty easy. Find it. Send uh, send your email to awakenings at flamels dash immortal dash portal dot com, and uh, you know the first email in with the correct answer will get a mention on uh, next month's podcast. Yes, and please make sure to put those dashes in. Otherwise, we won't get the email. Yes, the dashes need to be there, and if you don't. You know, want to type all that in or whatever, you can go to the podcast page and there's a big old button that says email on it. Click on that big boy and, uh, it'll, it'll put all the information in the, in your, uh, email box for you. So. Is that what that button's for? That's what that button's <laughs> for. You know, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's kind of hidden in there. You really got to look for it. You know, it's only like an inch wide and half inch tall. Don't laugh. I couldn't find it at first. <laughs> It's right next to the big blue Skype button to call us and leave us a message. Yes, exactly. It even, um, yeah, it calls yeah. automatically, so you yeah. guys have no excuses. Yeah, well, you have to have Skype downloaded. Yes. Download Skype, sign up on it. Like I said, it's free. Click on the big phone button, and it will automatically uh, call over to the Awakenings uh, voicemail box, and you can leave us a message. Yeah, Tell if, us if you don't have the Skype. show. If, if if you don't have Skype, it won't actually do anything. You actually have to have Skype. Right. You know, you can you can have comments. Um, tell us if you like the show. Don't call if you don't like the show. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> any kind of any kind of comments, we uh, we like to hear from you. So anything we can do to to make the show better for for you guys, the listeners, uh, we'll try to do it. Speaking of of the show, uh, Sean, you wanted to say something, didn't you? Yeah. Um. I, I know how much everyone loves that our, our intro music out there, and if you haven't um, checked out our About Us page, why not? Anyway, on the About Us page, it, it explains how that, that opening opening bit is by a Celtic rock band from – or a Celtic fusion band, as they like to be called, from, from Canada, called Enter the Haggis. And the song great, that great is – it is. And the, the song we use is called Martha Stewart, which is an even better title for a song. Yes. However, I just wanted to, since they were nice enough to allow us to use the 45 seconds of that song for, for the intro, that they have a new album that just came out. Well, it came out in, in March called Gutter Anthems, and it's a uh, wonderful album, actually. It's probably their, the, the, the best one they, they've come out with so far. So you can get it on iTunes. You can get it on their website. It's enterthehaggis.com. And yeah, it, it, another thank you for them. I've heard I've heard uh, most of it, and um, it's it's really good. 
it was extremely nice of them to to allow us to to use their song. So give them a listen, guys. They're they're worth it, guys. We have just got just as right before we started recording, we we got information. You can find this on the forum um, because Jules will have probably already posted it uh, before you hear this. But Michael Scott has been nominated for the Irish Book of the Year award Huzzah! for the magician Bringing now this is this is yeah this is actually this is this is a big deal he was nominated last year for the alchemist unfortunately did not win and i believe jewel said this is the first time that an author has been nominated twice for this award so this is a pretty big deal uh there'll be information on the uh, forums about it, and we'll make a post on the portal page as well, letting you know uh, where all, the, inf- all the, the the voting information is, because this vote is actually open to the public. So we will all be able to go on to the website and vote for the magician to win the Irish Book of the Year. And I I urge everyone listening to go and do that. Irish. You don't have to be Irish. <laughs> oh, you may have to have a wee bit of Irish in you. Um, you don't have to be Irish. Just just vote for this book and um, and, and for Michael to win. Uh, it would be a a great honor for him, and um, we'll be behind him, backing him all the way. We hope you will too. Uh, again, you can find all that information on the on the portal and on the forum. Well, I have a quick announcement before we sign off here. It is April, and April is. A month that happens to contain one of our very esteemed hosts' birthdays. Oh, no, you didn't. And it's also <laughs> the host, one of the host's very esteemed birthdays. Oh, yes. You, yes. You lied straight to my face. <laughs> yes. You even asked me if this it's was about Twinkies. I, I said yes and let you believe it. I, believe, I believed it. I believed you. I'll, I'll never believe you again. <laughs> It, 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 it didn't help that I also said, you know, it's probably the Twinkie thing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yes, by the way, thank you to the couple of people that did send in pictures. But, uh, yes, it is Jeff's birthday on the 25th, so send him some birthday wishes. We're going to let Chris let him sing to him just like she did for Jamie. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, let no. him know he's appreciated because we do appreciate him. So, happy well. birthday. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Even so, though it is my my uh, yes, John, I'll go there. It How many was... candles are going to be on this cake, Jeff? <laughs> um, three, zero. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is my 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 thirtieth uh, birthday. Uh, not proud of that fact, but there hey, it is. Hey, hey, hey! <laughs> what does that mean for those of us who are older than that? Uh, Just start. After I'm there, I can be proud of it. How about that? <laughs> I don't know. I, 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 no, doesn't cut it. <laughs> I get to be the, the last yeah. one to reach that that number. But with yes. any luck, we'll still be doing this. Hopefully, I'll be 35 yeah. this year. So don't even get, don't even start. The big three five. Turn it 30. Yeah. The bigger three five. <laughs> You're already at the big three zero. Oh. No, really, I'll be I'll be 29. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Believe that. <laughs> anyway, thank you all for the uh, the kind wishes. Actually, I wanted to mention something. Oh, you are else. a 2015, Chris. 
What? What? 2015, yeah, yeah. You, you, you could be 2015. Ah, uh, yes. And Jeff's 2010. There we go. Yeah, okay. Next year. <laughs> and next year, I hope we're still doing this podcast. But um, we will still be doing this podcast next year if you go over to Podcast Alley and vote for us every single month. <laughs> and if I decide I still shameless. like you. Yeah, shameless plug. But, um, you know, it, it's not it's not really a it, it's not really a deciding factor for us. But, you know, we 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 want to know we're doing a good job and we want to know if there's anything we can do that's better, anything we're, we're, we're missing, anything you guys else you would like to hear. And if send we're us not- emails. If we're not the number one podcast for Flamel's Immortal Portal, <laughs> for the there you go again. Nicholas Hopefully. Flamel next month, we're going to hold Jamie personally responsible. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, anyway, guys, if you got a free minute, jump over to Podcast Alley, vote for us. You can get the link directly off our podcast page. Our contact email, of course, is awakenings at flamels-immortal-portal.com. And you can contact each of the hosts individually at the host name at flamels-immortal-portal.com. You can find information about us on our About Us page, ironically enough, which is a link off of the podcast page. So our next episode, we will be discussing our predictions for the Sorceress, which will be coming out in the month of May. So if you guys are curious uh, as to what we think is going to happen, Tune in for that episode and um, send us your predictions because we want to know what you guys think too. Absolutely. And then in June, we can either all say we told you so or you can say you guys are completely wrong and never listen to us again. <laughs> <laughs> well, except for the never listen to us again part. Yes. Oh, oh, Just yeah, laugh at yeah. us. It's okay. I'll always listen to us and then tell us we're wrong. Exactly. That's all we have uh, for this episode. Until the next Legate opens, this is... Jamie, Jeff, Sean, and Chris. Signing off. Hi, I'm Jamie. Kermit the <laughs> Just do that. <laughs> that was the terrible perfect. I can't get that hot fish from my face. Songs about And welcome to episode five. So <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, Welcome to episode 5. Keep sending your comments, suggestions, and questions to the show. As always, our contact info is on our about page. Restart. Thank you for reading the outline. Bing, 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 bing. Bring it back. Bring it back. Chris, mute your mic. <laughs> I can't wait for uh, for the tour to come around this way, so that'll be exciting. I have no idea what I'm Oh, my God. Why can't we get this together? No one cares what you think, Jamie. (laughs) (laughs) That just came from a drama rehearsal. Did that just happen? I'm sorry, but... Jeff, no one cares what you have to say. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me.
three face people. <laughs> yeah, that's not happening. <laughs> Do we have a question of the month and poll ready to announce? Question of the month will be <laughs> describe in detail exactly what will happen to every single <laughs> character and storyline in the sorceress. Exactly. And the poll will be, do you like these books? Yes? No? What books? <laughs> Michael Scott. Is that the guy from The Office? <laughs> nice. You can do the end music from that one. <laughs> I should let that play. <laughs> and then... <laughs> And then go into the internet. You're busted, buddy. That's going on the bloopers. That's just, you have to go in the bloopers. Go write it. Put it right at the end, and then go into the actual. Intro. Put it right behind the frog. Alright, so it'll be the new intro. You mean the new exit? Extro. Extro. Extro.